Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could join us as well. We're excited to welcome best-selling author Rachel Housel Hal to our program today. She's celebrating her brand-new book, What Never Happened. We're going to talk to her not only about the newest page turner she's been able to write, but also, of course, what it's been like for to already see the early risk response to it. And of course, we'll let you guys know how to get your own copy. This is one of those books that definitely is perfect for this time of year as we are getting ready to wrap up summer going into fall. We'll also talk to Rachel about how it has been for her to stay connected with her fans, both online and offline. Rachel, thank you again for the time. Really do appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me on. I'm excited to talk about this book. Well, look, this, this book is really it, – it's really so exciting, I think, on so many different levels because I love the fact that there is, of course, there's the the drama that takes place in the book. There is, of course, mm-hmm. the thriller element. But there's a lot of family in this book as well. I'm going to talk to you yeah. about that as well. But what has it been like for you, Rachel, to already see the early response to what never happened? <laughs> no, it, it's, it's been exciting and encouraging. You know, writers, we're neurotic people, and our – Books are very personal. I mean, even though it's commerce in a way, it's still a very, very personal story. And so when people respond to it, it feels like, you know, you've succeeded, that you've done your job. Um, And so I'm very, very happy that it is doing so well. Um, I have so many stories to tell. So this only encourages me to keep going. Got you. Got to love that. Yeah. And and with that being said, then, you talk about having so many stories to tell, Rachel. Is this something you've always hoped would be the life you'd lived? I know some people, they've always seen themselves as authors. Others, it happened for them later in life. But is this something you've always kind of seen for yourself or hoped for yourself? Right. I, I did. I didn't know as a kid that I could actually do it because I didn't see it, especially um, African-American mystery writers were dime a dozen. And so, you know, if you can't see it, you can't be it, you can't believe it. Um, but I always was a reader. I was a writer, and I dreamed about it. And, you know, I went to UC Santa Cruz for my four years and got a degree basically in book clubs. <laughs> um, and after that, I my first real job was at uh, Penn Center USA West, which is like the literary equivalent of Amnesty International. And that's where wow. I actually met working writers and then working black writers. Uh, and that's when I knew that, okay, maybe I can actually do this. Um, and when Terry McMillan wrote Waiting to Excel and Walter Mosley mm. wrote uh, Devil in the Blue Dress, that's, you know, it's like I wanted to combine those two very contemporary, uh, in some ways, L.A. West Coast stories to, you know, create my own kind of, 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 of ideas of books. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's interesting hear, hearing you say that, Rachel, because I, I I thought about when I was prepping for this segment, having read the book, what I thought was so fascinating is that these characters, they're so well-developed, and we're going to get into Colette for Thank sure, and, 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 of course, her journey in the book. But what I also love is that this is a book, and I think readers will pick this up too, that you can kind of visualize your own 
your own heroine for this book, right? Yeah. I mean, I think anyone I can see that. It was that kind of your hope. I mean, I, I know you said, and I love the fact yeah. that you said that you didn't you didn't see people who may have looked like you doing what you wanted to do. But was it your hope that everyone though could see themselves in these characters? Definitely, that is my my biggest desire. Um, it just happens to be a heroine who you know has my skin tone, but right. I write stories about family and trauma and disappointment and excitement, things that, you know, transcend class and race. We are all, uh, we've all experienced crime, if not directly, then Mm -hmm. indirectly. We've all experienced transgressions that aren't necessarily illegal, but are hurtful and take pieces of you away. And, you know, I also believe that we're, everyone's a villain in someone else's story. So Mm -hmm. I, I think about that when I'm creating characters and, because I want them to be complex. I don't think anyone is a shade of gray. I'm certainly not. Uh, but we are, you know, very human and very complex and interesting. I like bringing out the interesting uh, qualities in any person. Someone does, you know, so everyone does something that's different from someone else. And I always seek to find that one thing that makes someone special. And, again, I want all all readers to yeah, see themselves as a person who has been traumatized, um, who may not have had the best uh, origin story, uh, but who wants to do better, is scared to do better, um, and is just trying to reckon with their past. Yeah. That's my dream. Love that. Yeah. Love that. And and I think a great example of that is with Colette and, and the story because and it, it definitely when it comes to I mentioned to you before we went on here that of course she's dealing with her own you know trying to figure out what's happening in this place and we're getting into that too but mm-hmm. I love the idea of family and being able to think yeah. back especially the impact of her father and interactions yeah. she saw with her father how much of Colette's strength do you think she kind of derived from what she saw with her father especially in handling you know situations that could have turned out badly I think about that one scene you wrote right. uh, Rachel where you know there's this gentleman basically in her father's face and you know calling him names you know and right. you know her father standing his ground and then of course the gentleman <laughs> realizing you know it's it's best to move on but how much right. of that did you think kind of um instilled the strength that colette has in the story mm-hmm. uh definitely both the good and the bad uh she's an optimist like her father the father character um he moves his family there in hopes of you know a better life for them thinking that this place is safe safer than you know their los angeles uh, neighborhood, so she shares that optimism, and she has, you know, she has this quiet strength that kind of don't mess with me because, yeah. you know, I, I will not back down. Um, so she shares that, um, but she's, you know, that's that's one side. But then she has this aunt Gwen, who is in some ways resentful and threatened by her, like. Uh, Gwen was threatened and resentful of uh, Colette's father, who was Gwen's brother. Uh, so family is a weird thing. You know, she, yeah. Colette is left to be raised by Gwen after her family is gone. And so she's grateful for that, but she is uneasy with it, you know? So it's like just yeah. because someone's family doesn't mean that they are doing the right thing because of, you know, their love for you. 
It may be a financial thing. It could be anything. People feel that. And Colette certainly does, which is why, you know, when she first reaches Catalina and, and, and meets her aunt again, there's this really kind of strained conversation between them because she, Colette doesn't know uh, where she stands with Gwen, and Gwen certainly doesn't want to have her life changed by, you know, this 30-something-year-old woman who doesn't know anything and doesn't know this island. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think it goes to another point that's interesting for me in, in reading this book, Rachel, and that is normally when we hear that adage, hurt people, hurt people, we think about, you know, people, of course, who have dealt with trauma. Colette definitely has dealt with that because of what she's dealt with with her family. But there's also, right. I think, as we kind of see her deal with what's happening, you know, on the island, the distrust mm-hmm. that sometimes shows itself, the yeah. questioning of oneself, you know, and that, that one, again, another great scene you wrote where, you know, she's basically being told, I could never do, you know, do, you know, these mm-hmm. things to you, you know, and right. and her having to battle that. What was that like for you to kind of get into her head and think about what she has endured and also what she's now facing. I'm trying to talk around it so I don't spoil it for this. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't read, but, but, um, but what was that like for you to kind of have her deal with her past, but also have to deal with the idea of trusting, you know, when right. things seem kind of murky? What was that like for you? Right. You know, it, it, in some ways it was easy because um, as a black woman in primarily white spaces, I feel that a lot. You're the only person in that room. And so you question, you know, people's motives, if they actually uh, respect you. Uh, mm. Do you do they think you belong? Do you think that you belong? Do you think yeah. that you've uh, earned this access to this, you know, this environment? And so not only do you mistrust uh, other people, you don't really you can't really trust yourself because you've never been in these situations. You don't know what you do. You don't know if you'll be strong enough or clear enough or brave enough. Uh so, you know, I, I, I tap into my experience with that as well as the people around me, people I know, uh brilliant, wonderful, warm people who, you know, experience that kind of uh mistrust and the imposter syndrome and not feeling like they fit um, for whatever reason. Yeah, so I, I'm always paying attention to, you know, what people say, how they say it, how they react to it. And, you know, I catalog that in my in my mind so that when it's time to create characters and the complex characters that I write, I pull from that. I, yeah, I, 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 I like mining my own life and the lives of my, my family and friends to figure out a wide variety of reactions. Um, and how backgrounds really influence how you come to things, how you react to things. I love the fact that even as we see Colette's strength in this book, Rachel, we also Mm -hmm. see her deal with um, the idea of doubt and the the series of why questions, you know, as the story kind of ramps itself up. And and I thought about you as an author as I thought about some of the whys that she kind of go through. You know, why did I leave, you know, this city? Why mm-hmm. did I pursue journalism? You know what I'm saying? Why yeah. why am yeah. I here? How much of yeah. that did you find a connection with as well? It, I'm, I'm so glad you shared that about the spaces that you're in and, and, and yeah. of course, the idea of not only do people feel like you belong, but do you feel like you belong? How much of that right. was, was Rachel kind of also inhabiting that space with Colette? 
Um, a lot of it, and a, uh, most of it, though, was I was thinking about my my daughter who was 19, mm. and you know she just finished her first year in college, and she is going to you know a primarily white uh, institution, and when um, she first got to where she's going to college, you know she felt insecure, like she didn't know if she would know enough, if she should speak up when she disagrees. You know, she this was her first time being in such a large space and being an only. And, I, you know, I remember how that felt. And I wanted Colette to, yeah, definitely question herself and definitely question the people around her and questioning is she doing this as a reaction to true trauma or is this something that she's reacting to that she's built up in her mind? Because again, she's experienced the worst thing that could possibly happen to someone and getting close to people. That's a dangerous thing because, you know, she was close to her family and now they're gone and it hurts. She doesn't want to hurt anymore. And so you do things not to hurt. I certainly do that, you know, avoid, I don't like arguing. And so I will shut down uh, even if I disagree, and just deal with it because I don't like it. it I don't like how it feels. Um, I, I value words, and when people say certain words to me, I hold on to that. And so, and they may not. So I try to avoid it altogether. And so I, I use that uh, when I'm creating characters, and especially Colette, who's very, who tries very carefully to say things so she doesn't offend or make someone uncomfortable or even make her uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very uh, cognizant of uh, motives and thoughts and insecurities. Right. I think Love it makes that. people interesting and, and true, you know? Yeah. Totally agree with that. I want to say for those who are just tuning in and on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome best-selling author Rachel Halsey Hall to our broadcast today. She's celebrating her brand-new book, What Never Happened. It's available now through our friends at Amazon.com or through your favorite local bookstore. We're going to remind you also you can stay connected with Rachel. Rachel, I mentioned to you before we went on here, I want to lighten it up again because mm-hmm. um, my mm-hmm. audience tells me sometimes I get so into these stories that I only seem to bring out mm-hmm. These, these deep thoughts. But there are some fun moments in this book, too. There are also yes. uh, some things that I was curious about. One is music. You know, we get everything uh-huh. from Rihanna's umbrella in here, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, there's just a great range of, <laughs> of music, yes. too. So how much of Rachel's playlist it found itself uh, in, in Colette's life? Almost all of that is me. I, I love Rihanna and Prince and Elton John and everybody. So it's usually my playlist that I'm thinking because I connect to songs uh, personally, and lyrics hold a special place in my mind. I, I think about the mood that it creates, and so I, I, I sprinkle that in. I'm a huge Prince fan, and if I could use you know every single Prince song and every single book I, I, I write, I do it. Uh, but yeah, I, I like music. I like all different types of music. And so my characters, my characters do. You listen to, you know, certain songs when you're getting ready to go to a party or when you're ready to work out, things to inspire you and keep you moving. So I definitely uh, looked at my playlist and compared what was going on to what that song uh, evokes, the emotion it evokes. 
Yeah, love that. There, there was, I think, a, a really interesting choice by you uh, in one connection. Uh, I mentioned earlier, of course, about uh, the doubt that um, that Colette or Coco um, has, that, that, and, and it's it's with uh, you know a gentleman we get to meet named Noah. And I thought, how yeah. how great that we have on this have, on this island someone named Noah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So so talk so talk to us about Noah. What was it like for you to kind of have him being exactly what Colette needed, even if she didn't always realize it. Right. Um, Noah is a rich kid, and he has had the opportunity to uh, go adventuring. He's one of those kind of vice-wire type of journalists who put themselves in dangerous situations. So he is the opposite of Colette, who actually didn't have to court danger to feel alive, like runs and climbing mountains and all this ridiculous stuff to her it also you know it brings out uh, her desire to want to adventure and her kind of jealousy in a way or envy in a way of the life he's led and plus I wanted um, you know to talk about race again and interaction and how it feels to be on an island and there's only one type of guy there and what do you do and what do you put up with and how do they uh how do they couch uh, your relationship to people who may not be open to that so yeah it was it was fun uh again experience in some ways uh dating a white white boys and just the weirdness that comes with it uh the different concerns you have um but also this kind of combined desire to to find fulfillment with someone, and uh, Colette is opening herself up to that. At the same time, keeping one foot on the ground because, again, she's been disappointed and she's had yeah. people taken away from her. And yeah. that frustrates him, of course, because he's all always all in on everything. So he has to learn how to, you know, work with someone who is, is hurt in an awful, awful way. Right. Yeah. And that's why I mentioned that earlier. I didn't want to go too deep into it myself, but that's why I mentioned earlier about the adage about the hurt people hurt people, even if it's people who yeah. don't deserve to be hurt, uh, just based yeah. on experience and based on what one has gone through for sure. And I definitely yeah. love, Rachel, I'll mention this for our audience. I love the back and forth in time. We're able to kind of get uh-huh. a, an interesting yeah. backstory of things that happened that kind of help right. us to better understand the world that Colette yeah. finds herself in as an adult as well. I want to ask you this question as we wrap up here because I don't honestly know the answer to it. Are mm-hmm. are you the kind of author or storyteller, Rachel, that knows kind of where you want to go when the story begins, or do you kind of let the characters lead you along the way? Yes, <laughs> I do. I do both. There's definitely okay. um, a desire to 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 fulfill a theme that I'm trying to reach or something that's bothering me or that I want to talk about. And then, you know, I outline, but if something is striking me as honest as I'm writing these characters, I will go with it because, you know, even with an outline, I still don't know who these people are and I don't know how they're going to act until I write it. And I don't know, even though it's an outline, who's going to survive it. Because mm. things happen, and I'm going to let yeah. that happen. Yeah. 
Love that. Well, I think this is one of those stories people are going to enjoy where you take them in it. I know I did as a reader myself, Rachel. I'm so glad you took some time out with us to be able to talk about it. Again, everyone, Rachel Halsdale Hall has been our guest. The book is What Never Happened. Again, it is out now. You can get it wherever you find your books, uh, either in print or the Kindle edition. You can definitely be able to pick it up. Again, it's a book that you'll definitely enjoy and also enjoy talking with others about. Rachel, for yourself, how can our audience stay connected with you? Um, you can find me at uh, what used to be Twitter, <laughs> at, <laughs> at Rachel Halzell, and also my website, www.rachelhalzell.com. There's a contact okay. sheet if anyone ever has questions. Love it, love it. And we've already tagged you over there on okay. <laughs> on, on that place, too. <laughs> We, yeah. we, 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 we tagged you over there, too, so uh, our audience could definitely find us on, on there, too. Rachel, again, yeah. congratulations to you. Thank you again for a great thank conversation, so and looking forward to speaking with you again. Yes, thank you for inviting me. More than welcome. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care.